Hello, everyone. This is Mike from Storytel Media. I'm here with Will from the Sioux Falls Tenants' Rights Union. Hi, good evening. Uh, my name is William Anderson. I am the uh, executive director of the Sioux Falls Tenants' Rights Union. Uh, so we are here uh, at the downtown library in Sioux Falls. We just had the first general meeting um, to kind of get a um, kind of get a response or reception as far as you know, the idea of a tenants union. Kind of, how, how did you feel it went overall, especially considering it was the first meeting? You know, I, I feel like it was well received. I feel like the conversations I've had with people in the community have all been overwhelmingly positive. Uh, there is an agreement on the need for an organization like ours. The timing of our organization uh, coming into existence, I think, is, is crucial. Um, but I think the folks that came out tonight, uh, I think for the most part, uh, you know, I hope they learned something. But I got thanked by a handful of them uh, just for the work that we're doing, and uh, they seem to be appreciative. I think almost all of, of the people who signed in uh, said they wanted to volunteer at some point. So Yeah, definitely. Um, one piece of information that I wasn't aware of until you brought it to light, uh, on top of the 70,000 renters, was that 30,000 of them are uh, burdened. Rent burdened. Yeah. Um, and that was – I think that's a very – uh, important thing to kind of keep in mind, especially with how many people we have living in 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 Sioux Falls. In Sioux Falls, you know, and even just the renting. I mean, like you said, of the renting um, population, yeah, yeah, population, almost half of them, you know, are are burdened, of struggling, some kind. And struggling it's, to pay the bills. Yeah, it's definitely something that is relatable, I think, to a lot of people. Um, kind of maybe go into uh, some of the maybe the more details of you know, where that burden comes from, kind okay. of, you know, kind of just the historical, like how we've gotten here. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So, um, you know, the, the normal equation for how you're supposed to, you know, do a budget or what's, what's considered a reasonable place for you to live is they recommend. And by they, I mean like economists and people who like write books about this stuff is they say you should spend a quarter of your income on housing. So if you have, you know, $4,000 a month coming in, $1,000 a month on housing is a reasonable expense. Right. So the term rent burdened uh, applies to folks who are spending more than 30% of their take-home pay mm. just to cover housing. Right. So, you know, rent might be $1,000. That household's only bringing in, you know, 2800 a month or, mm. or less. And that's, that's a reality for a lot of folks in our community because we do – uh, like to brag about our town. This is a great place to live. We shout about that, but it does one thing when we, you know, consistently make these top 10 lists and top 20 lists and top five lists of the best places to live in America. It drives the cost of living up because right. everybody wants to live here and people know that they can get more money for their apartment or for their house because it's in a desirable location. Mm. Um, Couple that with, you know, we highlighted the the findings from the Augustana survey or the uh, Augustana assessment that showed that with, you know, our success as a community, uh, we've also grown a very large, low skill service population. Um, you look at how many tens of thousands of people, if you look at the census data, I believe it's there are 18,000 just 18,000 in, in, in Sioux Falls, people who work in the restaurant or hospitality industry, yeah. um, you know, food service of some kind. That's a huge section of our population. There are 
towns in South Dakota that aren't that big. Most towns in South Dakota aren't even that big. Right, yeah. So when we're talking about you know populations like this, when we talk about 30,000 people in Sioux Falls that are rent burdened or that are displaced because they're in a in a house they can't afford, it's it's a problem. It's it's yeah. a big red flag. It's a very big number, and it's something we're trying to you know sound the alarm on. Definitely. It's not a healthy economic indicator. Sure. We have all of these other things that show how our city is doing great. You know, we're, we're growing at, you know, this rate and that rate. and Everything's great. Business is booming in Sioux Falls. But it's the one thing we really don't want to talk about is wages are low. And Sioux Falls is a place that makes a lot of money for other people that don't live here. Right. There's a lot of people that have rental properties in Sioux Falls that are, you know, their home office is out of state or they live out of state. And it's convenient for them. And it's not so convenient for those of us, right, that are here. Uh, 70,000 people in Sioux Falls that rent, you know, that's, that's almost half of our, our, our population, right, right in the heart of Sioux Falls that don't own their own home. So then it begs the question, well, who does own their home? You know, who is who is making money at the expense of these 70,000 people, of these 70,000 tenants? A lot of them live in Sioux Falls, like I said, but again, a lot of them don't. And we've seen issues with even just recently with the recent flooding and the storms that came through. Um, I'm not going to name names, but there was a property management company uh, that had a property manager walk out of the office a week or two before. The, vo the vacancy had not been filled. But in the meantime, storm comes along, right? And this lady, her basement's flooding. She lives in a basement apartment. It is flooding. Like not flooded, flooding. Like water is still coming in and there's more rain on the way. And she messages me asking if I know where to get sandbags or a pump, if I can come help. Because nobody at the home office is answering. Nobody will respond to her phone calls. And there is a natural disaster like barreling towards Sioux Falls. So, you know, having people in Sioux Falls that can respond to those things, that can help people in those situations, that's kind of the heart of what we are as a union or what we're trying to create is to foster that sense of community and cohesion between tenants and renters, showing people that, you know, we have more in common with each other as tenants, regardless of how we vote, regardless of how we, you know, might dress or shop or look or, you know, where we go to church. The thing that binds us together is our economic status as renters, as tenants, that controls more of our lives than anything else. You know, more than our political affiliation, more than the church we go to, more than the schools we went to. You know, our economic situation has more to do with governing our day-to-day -day life than any other factor. So trying to create awareness, I guess, amongst people that, you know, you as, as a tenant have more in common with your neighbor than you think. That's part of the message. Yeah, absolutely. And that's kind of because uh, I've been noticing the upsurge um, sort of of that, that term of class consciousness, mm -hmm. you know, especially between working class people and, and, and kind of things like that. That seems to be having an upsurge in the last it, few years. It absolutely as is. As people are, you know, like you said, becoming aware. Yeah, banding together and realizing um, – Realizing the, just kind of the economic stratification yeah. that goes on between working class people. Um, do you think that's something that can hopefully 
take place in Sioux Falls, or do you think that, do you think that's kind of starting to I happen? Think, I think it is, and I think that's that's part of what we're doing. You know, it, yeah. it is consciousness; it's an awakening. Um, there is another organization just like ours being put together out in Rapid City. It, it came, uh, you know, independently. She found me and said, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe someone in Sioux Falls is doing the same thing." And I said, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe someone in Rapid City is trying to do the exact same thing." <laughs> Uh, you know, people are slowly waking up to the fact, you know, like I said, that we do have more in common with our neighbors based on our economics. Then it's it's not left versus right. It's it's up versus down. You know, like I said, we have 70,000 people in this town that are renters. We are a renting class. We are a tenant class. Yeah. We are not an ownership class. We do not own property. We do not own our own home. We are a class of citizens who are at the mercy of landlords and, uh, you know, rent hikes. Absolutely. We don't enjoy the same securities and the same um, safeguards that homeowners do. Some of us by choice, some of us by decision. Some people are in this situation due to other factors, you know. Absolutely. That being said, creating that awareness, creating class consciousness, you know, is, is it's not the primary goal, but it's definitely something that, that, happens is as we have these conversations Absolutely. like i said when seventy thousand people in sioux falls own don't own their own home it begs the question who does own their home you know who is making money at the expense of half of our population absolutely um so another thing that i saw you brought up uh during the meeting was the anti-gentrification yeah uh kind of point there and that's something that me and some of, and some of my other friends have brought to light that kind of aspect, especially to Sioux Falls. And in the last couple of years, we we are starting to see, uh, especially downtown, being mm-hmm. developed, and uh, you know we're starting to see a lot of those uh, those rental properties. Just the price of living in general just skyrocketing for people like that in our city center. Yeah, absolutely. And then and then on top of that, we have. The city, you know, says we have like kind of an upsurge in crime going on. You know, we we have we have a lot of things that are going on now, and I, I guess I can't help but think that they're obviously linked. You know, when you when you start to uproot people from their uh, from their lives, right? Um, and now you have this kind of transient class of people. Um, I can't help but think it's all kind of interconnected, especially with what we have going on in even our suburbs. You know, we have the property costs of, you know, going up as people start moving to there. And, you know, you have you have the older generation that are living on very fixed incomes and all of a sudden their property values are going up and they have to pay more taxes. And that's kind of, you know, its own problem in and of itself. It's not good for anyone. Right. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, do you also see those kind of being interconnected as far as, um, you know, we've got all of these – we've got a lot of areas of town that are attempting to be gentrified. Absolutely. Um, all of those problems are, are intersectional and they're, they're all linked. Um, you know, one of the things that came up in the conversation I was having with the housing manager uh, for the city of Sioux Falls the other day was, you know, what are you, you going to do about bad tenants? What do you do for, you know, bad tenants? You know, we, we exist for all tenants, right? Housing is a human right. I can't say I believe that and then – say, no, I'm not going to help this person. Everyone deserves a place to live. Everyone deserves an affordable, safe place to live. Yeah, absolutely. Even people who have done horrible things, even people who are, you know, on on the outskirts of society or on the fringe of society. We have a penitentiary in town. 
And when those people are released from the penitentiary, they are released into our community. And re-entry counseling, re-entry programs are essential and one of the biggest obstacles to overcoming recidivism and uh, repeat offenses is employment and housing. Those two things, those are linchpins of a stable life for anyone. So access to housing for people like that is, is a big issue for me because, like I said, I want a safe community and crime is an economic thing. Right. When the economy goes down, crime rates go up. That's I mean, that's that's a correlation uh, because crime is motivated by economic reasons. If people are feeling pinched at home. They act in desperation and do, you know, other things. Um, so to your point, they're, they're absolutely connected. Um, but. That's 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 why we're here is to help people, you know, connect those dots and navigate those waters. Um, I see the writing on the wall that you're talking about, mm -hmm. you know, the changes to the bus routes in town, uh, the efforts to, uh, you know, redevelop the Huey apartments over on Phillips. They're, they're kind of right across from the diner. Um, you know, the one that really worries me is the, uh, the river tower apartment complex. Uh, that was the one I had, I think on my opening slide, it's the big square brown brick building downtown. Yep. It, it just kind of looks ugly. It's sitting right across from Sharapa place down by the Ark of dreams. And we love the Ark of dreams, right? We want lots of pictures of the Ark of dreams, yep. but in the background, there's this big apartment building, right? That people might consider, uh, you know, aesthetically unpleasing or ugly or outdated and they want to tear it down and we want to put something up that's flashier and looks better and is going to be more expensive and is going to not house as many people as effectively as that property does. So, you know, those people have been living there. They didn't ask for Sharapa Place to be built they didn't ask for the Ark of Dreams to go there. They didn't ask for Raven to, you know, pop up where it did. They were just living there. So I'm sure as property values in that neighborhood go up, every person in that building has seen their rents increase. There's, there's no way that they can't. And it's because of things like that. Like I said, those people didn't do anything. They're just living there. Right. Somebody has to step up and, you know, advocate for regulation in that market mm -hmm. where we have very limited housing spaces in the city center. Like you said, in, in, in the middle of Sioux Falls, it is almost impossible to find an affordable place to live unless you're doing very well. If you're an yeah. affluent person, you can live downtown. Mm -hmm. Downtown is not where someone could afford to live if they were not a person of means or at least, you know, not enjoying the benefits of a good steady job. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, and on, on kind of that note, too, I I lived in River Tower years ago. Oh, really? And and knowing kind of the 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 people that live in that apartment, I mean, th there's quite a few mixed people that live there. I mean, you definitely have uh, you have disabled people that live in that apartment building, too. And some people, you know, maybe with with certain needs and things like that. Um, so even to think about the gentrification going on just in that neighborhood and kind of those rising apartment costs, you know, and yeah. if, if you start to uproot those people's lives, I mean, that's kind of a, well, and then, and then where do they go? You know, exactly. so that's the thing. If you, if you redevelop that and you tear that down, mm -hmm. you know, where, where do those people go yeah. now? Now we're out that many affordable housing units and these people have, you know, where are they going to go? Their whole life has been in this neighborhood or in this community yeah. and keeping, you know, affordable housing downtown where we have, you know, close proximity to the courthouse, to, you know, social services, to, to offices, you know, that have services that, you know, people that, you know, rely on Section 8 and affordable housing need. That's important. Part of the changes to the bus system, 
that you know we've seen. They're they're appalling to me that that, that we want to take away something or reroute something that you know maybe not tens of thousands of people in our community use, but definitely hundreds use and definitely rely on to get around. Absolutely. You know, when, when you're talking about how, you know, they wanted to move the, uh, the bus stop or the, the proposed changes, I, I remember seeing the nearest bus stop would be like over a mile from the food pantry. And if you're a person who's taking the bus to the food pantry, mm-hmm. what an incredible inconvenience this is. What, a, what an extraordinary burden you've now been placed with. And you're just trying to navigate, man. You're just trying to to feed yourself. Yeah. And now you've got this extra thing on top of it. Mm-hmm. And it's those considerations that, you know, keep me up at night. Or those are the people that I think about. That's why we're organizing. Is it's the people that aren't going to stand up for themselves or don't necessarily have the voice to say, hey, we're not being treated fairly. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if people want to listen to me more than than them, or if they listen to me better because you know I, I dress away or look away or can talk away or put together a PowerPoint presentation, <laughs> fine, so be it. You know, but somebody has to do something. Somebody has to stand up and say something to speak up for these people in the face of all of these changes in our community. And nobody else was doing it. So I guess I did it or I am trying to do it. Right. Yeah. You know, there's there's people out there doing great work, like I said, um, it, but we can't fight every fight. Mm-hmm. You know, there's people doing great work in, in different areas, but nobody is, is really raising the issue of tenants rights in, in a political way. Absolutely. Or politicizing the issue, I should say. Nobody is calling out elected officials saying, hey, you own a handful of rental properties. Did you vote no on this legislation because of that? You know, it's, yeah. nobody's making those uh, those calls. So that's that's what we hope to do in our role. Yeah. And that reminds me, too, of uh, it's kind of a. I'd say like a popular tweet that's been kind of recirculated the last couple of years where it starts out, you know, saying like, Oh, you're not political. Like, you know, when people say, Oh, I'm not political. Your landlord is. Yeah. Your landlord is your bosses, everyone that, that controls your life. They're all political and they do things. uh, They vote certain ways or they try and act certain ways that profit them. So why aren't you getting political? Exactly. Um, So, during the meeting, you did give you get um, quite an extensive overview, especially for, it was like, a lot, especially for a first. I mean, I think it was great that that you put in a lot of effort to be like, hey, here are the things that we want to start working on right away. Uh, and I I think especially number one being the measure, you know, that we that says we can't organize. As yeah, a union, I mean, just just our right to exist. Yeah. That's that's really what what we're asking for. We just we just want to exist. We want to be able to offer tenants a voice on equal footing. With you know the landlords and property managers, uh, one of my favorite slogans as we've been you know building for this, or you know you know putting up posters, handing out pamphlets is it's a great tagline. Your landlord has a union, shouldn't you? Absolutely. And it harkens back to that po- that the point you made. You know, people say they're not political, but they ought to be. And you know, in South Dakota, we don't have the right to organize in the workplace. We barely have the right to organize as tenants. And I feel like. Our organization is one of the the only recourses that working class people in our state have for genuine, you know, political action as as a class, as uh, as 70,000 people. Right. Imagine if we all turned out to vote. (laughs) We would pick who the mayor was. 70,000 people. That's a lot. That's that's a tenth of the state's population Mm. right here in Sioux Falls that rent. 
And if those people realize that they have more in common than not, if we could all get our heads together and flex that muscle collectively, I think we could get some things done. Absolutely. So kind of uh, on a conclusion, mm-hmm. so I know as far as broad, uh, kind of the broad picture that you were bringing yeah. up, uh, a lot of it concluded, uh, you know, working with our legislators, changing some of those laws. Um, where do you think the union or even just people that are looking to get interested um, can maybe start on like a grassroots level? Do you have uh, maybe some ideas uh, where you want to get started on that? Yeah. Even just, you know, uh, things that we do in the meantime, you know, as as legislators are working to try and, you know, get things working there. And uh, I forgot the the representative's name. Oh, Linda. Linda, Duba. Linda yes. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, as she's working uh, with other representatives to try and, you know, change some of these yeah. laws that have been you know around for 20 30 years what are some things that maybe the union can do or even people can do uh in kind of a grassroots fashion so in the meantime the the biggest thing and like i i kind of hinted at towards the end there was where do we take these ideas mm-hmm. you know we take them into our personal lives we take them into our professional and our daily lives we just got to talk to people mm-hmm. You know, I feel like we live in a society where we're more connected than ever before, mm-hmm. but nobody talks to each other anymore. No, but nobody, I mean, you, you might give somebody a, a vague, like, you know, how was your day or, you know, how are you today? Mm-hmm. But most people don't genuinely care. And right. so when we start talking to people about things that actually matter, you know, I got a three day notice on my rent. Oh my gosh, I got one of those too. Oh my gosh, I'm struggling to pay rent. I don't know what yeah. I'm going to do. You know, we don't want to talk about those things because we view them as negative sometimes, or maybe we're ashamed of it or we're ashamed Taboo. of it. Yeah, the fact that we don't own our own home. And, you know, like there's people my age that feel embarrassed by the fact that they're still renting. There's also people that rent for a choice. Mm-hmm. But it, it has a lot to do with just talking to each other in, in the day to day. That's how we build these things. You overhear a conversation and maybe chime in. Um, you give a card to a friend. You know, you, you find out someone is struggling and you do your best to help that person or you refer them to somebody who can. And that's how these things grow. It's through word of mouth. You know, I don't have thousands of dollars to advertise for these things. Like, I'm, I'm doing this on a shoestring. I'm, I'm like out of my own pocket in my own time. Yeah. Like... I'm not being paid to do any of this. Mm-hmm. I'm doing it all volunteer because I care and because I can't sleep at night if I don't. Right. So trying to grow the working class solidarity. Right. So, yeah. so, you know, it's on us just to talk to each other. Yeah. Absolutely. That's all it is. Absolutely. Just having conversations with friends. Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, Appreciate you for sitting down hey, and talking. I with appreciate me. you yeah, coming absolutely. and checking us out. I yeah. appreciate you taking time to sit down to talk to me. Yeah, it was great. I think it's great. Um, as we wrap up, is there anything that you would like to uh, you know leave with uh, listeners? You know, any info that they can contact you at? Check out the yeah. union information. Check out our website. Um, SiouxFallsTrue.org, uh, SiouxFallsTRU.org. Uh, we're on Facebook. If you check us out, Sioux Falls Tenants Union, Tenants Rights Union. Um, you know, the thing I would I would impress upon people is uh, we're ordinary people, right? We're not politicians. We're not famous. We're not rich and powerful. We're ordinary people. But our voice has power. And if enough of us get together and start singing the same tune, people have to listen, whether they want to or not. People will have to listen to us. And... 
we're going to start that conversation. We're going to start raising these issues. We're going to get the ball rolling. And I just, I hope people find uh, what we have to say informative. I hope they find what we're doing uh, valuable or useful. And I hope they take the time to check us out and join us. Because it'd be pretty cool if they did. <laughs> Definitely. Awesome. Well, Thank hey, you. I appreciate it, Will. Hey, appreciate thanks, you. Thanks for coming out. Thanks for putting on the meeting. And uh, uh, also, uh, one last thing. Where uh, I, I know there was the plans for the, the next meeting. Where, oh. When is that? Oh, so? yeah. Next meeting. So mark your calendars. It's going to be Monday, October 21st, uh, 7 p.m. Location is to be determined. But we're going to have another one in about a month to go over uh, some similar things and then some actual building and some planning of things. Awesome. So, But it was a good you know, organizational public interest meeting, and I hope folks found it informative tonight. Awesome. But yeah, October 21st, 7 p.m. Stay tuned to our Facebook page for an actual uh, location. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks, Will. Thank you, brother. Have a good one.